Please turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16. I want to ask if you will, please uh, be in prayer for my wife. As you can see, she is not here with us this morning. Uh, Emily and the babies have been sick this past week, and Amy said she wanted to go up there and help them get better. Yeah, Okay. So this morning, I, I FaceTimed her when I got to my office just to see if every, how everything was going. She says, I'm covered in spit up. I said, okay. She said, Winnie picked the baby up and carried her halfway down to the hall to her room, and we asked her why she did it. She said she was going to change the baby's diaper. The new puppy had desert uh, ointment all in his, in his fur. Winnie is in charge at that house, y'all. Unbelievable. Matthew chapter 16. Please pray for her as she travels back home this afternoon. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16. This morning, we're going to possibly start a sermon series about being productive for the Lord. Uh, I say possibly because I, I have thought I was starting a sermon series in times past and God has switched gears on me. He's, he does that quite often. This morning, though, I, I want to consider a thought. We either are practicing things that are productive for the Lord or we're not. <clears throat> Now, let me say that again. We are either practicing things that are productive for the Lord or we're not. J just one more time for, for clarity's sake, I want to say it again. We are either practicing things that are productive for the Lord or we're not. Now, you do realize, though, if we're not being productive for the Lord, then most likely we're being destructive in some capacity or another, right? So, I mean, you're either being constructive or destructive. I mean, we need to be constructive for the Lord. Amen? Amen. But most likely, if we're not being constructive, somehow, some way, we're probably being destructive. And we, we, don't, we don't realize it or we don't acknowledge it. Right? Because I'm a Christian. I'm not going to be destructive for my Jesus. Right? But if you're not being constructive, most likely you're being destructive in some capacity or another. This morning, I want to preach on a topic that's overlooked <clears throat> overlooked as, as a whole uh, as in the eyes of Satan. One that Satan wields very often and keeps people of the world in turmoil. And I want to say, listen to me, listen to me. I've seen it here. I've, I've seen it in the church. I've seen it in families. I've seen it in individuals. I haven't not just seen this, what we're going to talk about in, in this church, but I, I've seen it more prevalently in other churches that I've served. I really have. I've seen staff members that, that were, you know, up at arms at the topic we're going to be talking about this morning. The title of this morning's message is Stop the Fighting. Stop. J just stop. Stop the fighting. So let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 5. Matthew 16, 5. <clears throat> and Matthew records... The disciples reached the other shore, and they had forgotten to take the bread. That's an honest mistake, right? Have you ever gone somewhere, and, and you've just, you've forgotten to take something, and you've, once you pull up, and you realize, golly, man. I, I told y'all last week, when Amy and I went on vacation two weeks ago, we, we got on the ship, and I said, did you bring my Bible? She said, it's your Bible. Why would I bring your Bible? I said, well, it was in your seat. Well, it's your Bible. Why would I bring I said, I'll bring my Bible. Uh, just, never mind, never mind. Kumbaya. 
right? Whose fault really was it? It was mine. That's exactly right because she didn't bring it. <clears throat> so it says the disciples reached the other shore and they had forgotten to take the bread. Then Jesus told them, watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they discussed among themselves, we didn't bring any bread. Now other translations will say they argued amongst themselves because they didn't bring the bread. Now this is probably how it went. They got to the other side and they said, hey, hey, Matthew, did you bring any bread? What, what, why, I'm not in charge of the bread. Why, why, why are you, listen, you know, why, why are you asking me? You know, who's in charge of the money? Well, listen, uh, uh, Judas is in charge of the money. Judas, why didn't you bring any bread? I'm in charge of the money. I'm not in charge of the bread. I mean, you know, it probably started getting heated to a certain degree, right? And they discussed or argued among themselves, we didn't bring any bread. <clears throat> Aware of this, Jesus said, you have little faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves that you do not have bread? Do you not understand? Do you, do you understand yet? Don't you remember the five loaves or the 5,000 and how many baskets were collected? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many large baskets you collected? Why is it that you don't understand that what I told you, beware of the yeast and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it isn't about bread? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the yeast and the bread, but the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, church, I, I want you to understand something here. What Jesus was, was getting on these guys about is saying, look, you know, you're not focusing on the important thing. You're sitting here arguing about something that I'm not even talking about. You need to focus on the important thing. And that's what we do when we're arguing amongst ourselves. We're not focusing on the most important thing. And listen, I don't know what is going on in your lives today. And I, I know there's some terrible things going on in some of our lives today. I, I mean, there's, there's things that each of us encounter. There's things that I encounter as your pastor that you never know. But each of us goes through things in our lives. I don't know what's going on, but Jesus does. Amen. He knows. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this message. Help us, Lord, to stay focused on you, that we might hear a word from you this morning and be better, greater servants for you as we do hear this message. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Church, it oftentimes amazes me where God gives inspiration for certain messages. Now, I've told my Wednesday night crowd, I don't know if y'all remember this or not, but it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, there, there's certain times that I can... You know, I'll be doing something, and God will say, okay, look, there it is. There's a message in that. And, you know, or I'll be talking with somebody, and I'll say, that'll preach right there, and eventually it does. Or I'll say something to somebody, and they'll say, that's a sermon right there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But it seems like where God gives me my greatest inspiration at times is in the shower. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's a time of solitude. I'm by myself, but, but I'll, I, I don't know why. But, you know, I, I'll turn my back and hot water will be hitting me and, and I'll be thinking about things that I have studied and God, he'll just open my eyes to a certain message. It's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. Maybe I should spend more time in the shower. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But that's not where I got the inspiration for the message this morning. It, it, it's not at all. Now, <clears throat> uh, Amy and I were on a trip 
uh, two weeks ago, uh, we were oddly enough on an hour and 45 minute bus ride on a one lane road that was pretty scary at times. At one point in, in our ride, I looked up and there is a quote on the bus, around the, the top of the bus, uh, and it said this, if you get down and quarrel every day, you're saying prayers to the devils. Now, now listen to that again. Listen, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, children, li listen to what it says again. If you get down and you quarrel every day, you're saying prayers to the devils, I say. Y'all know who said that? Y'all know who that quote is from? Nobody knows. The quote was from Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Listen, listen to it one, one time again. It says, if you get down and you quarrel every day, you're saying prayers to the devils, I say. Now, can I tell you that Bob Marley was just a musician? When I was a child growing up, I, I, I loved listening to Bob Marley. He died when I was 11 years old, and I, and I just, I loved listening to his music. But his quote lines up with Scripture. The quote that he quoted lines up with Scripture this morning. Well, you might be asking, you know, well, what, what does Scripture say about arguing? Is everybody with me this morning? What, what does Scripture say about arguing? 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. Don't be like this. Let, let your actions, in other words, show me. Sh show me. You tell me you love me. You tell me you love me. You show me that you love me. But it goes deeper. There's more. Proverbs 15, 8 says this, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict. But the one who is patient calms an argument. Proverbs 20 verse 3 says this, It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Let's, 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 let's listen to that one again. Y'all ready? It says, It is to one's honor to avoid strife. Avoid strife. You don't need strife. Why? But every fool is quick to quarrel. Is that it, Brother Kyle? Is that, is that all? Oh, no, no, no. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 and 24 says this. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Y'all please write that scripture in your Bible. Listen to it again. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 and 24 says, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because they they because you know they produce quarrels and the lord's servants must not be quarrelsome that should have stepped on your toes we ought to just you know have an invitation right now L listen to what he says again and the lord's servants must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Brother Kyle, is that it? Nope, nope, nope. Y'all hold on. Here's a good one right here. Proverbs 21, 19 says this. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. 
Men, y'all don't. I saw some of y'all trying to laugh. I'm really not trying to be funny. Church, I could give you countless other scriptures. I could spend the remaining of my time this morning just giving you scripture after scripture after scripture, butch after scripture after scripture about quarreling and fighting and fussing. Have you ever wondered why the Bible addresses this topic so much? Have you ever wondered why the Bible addresses this topic so much? Here you go. FBI information. Because it's a problem. It's a problem. There, there are people, listen to me, there are people, I, I think they think it's their spiritual gift to be contentious. That, to have a word, listen, I, 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 I know I'm supposed to mind my own business. I know I'm supposed to mind my business. But you need to shut your mouth. I, 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 wish, I wish that you would just do this or this. I, I, I wish, listen, Josh, I wish that you'd quit picking your nose in public. No, I'm just kidding. I've never seen you do that. But if you do, don't do it anymore, all right? I, I, I just wish with all my might that, that you would wear a, a shirt that matches your shoes. It's just like, come on. Why, why, why don't you just look in the mirror and look, you, I promise you, you've, you've got enough problems of your own, you ain't got to pick out mine. You, you really do. You, you've got enough, and if you will focus on you, you will be a better you. When you're focusing on me, I promise you, I ain't going to be a better me. I'm going to come attack you. That's what we do. We got to stop the fighting, church. We got to stop the fighting. Well, what, what's the problem with arguing? What, what, in, what in the world's the problem with arguing? You ready? Number one. Here we go. What's the problem with arguing? Because your children are seeing it and hearing it and they think it's normal. Your children are seeing it and hearing it and they think it's normal. Listen, I, I, I thought my mom and dad's first and second names were dirty words when I was growing up. I'm serious. I, I've told y'all. It, it, was, it was a constant state of, of, of World War III and four and five in my house when I was growing up. And it was crazy. It, it was absolute lunacy. We, we'd wake up in the morning and, and my, it didn't take much for dad to, you know, fly off the handle or mom to fly off the handle. They'd be fi sitting there fine. They, they would be reading their copy of the, the Charlotte Observer, drinking a cup of coffee. And, and mom would say something like, well, how much did you have to drink last night? Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord, have Jesus. I mean, I, I'd start speaking in tongues. I wasn't even a Christian then because I knew what was coming. And they'd start going off on each other. And Michael, I'm telling you, buddy, any and every word was, that was available, both in the dictionary and out of the dictionary, was expressed in a very short period of time. And it was on. Ten minutes later, my dad would say, do you want coffee with your eggs? I'm like, y'all crazy. Y'all people crazy. Y'all are crazy. Now, luckily, I, I grew up and I realized, listen, it, it was so beyond the norm, Ricky. It was so beyond the norm. I knew that wasn't normal. I knew that wasn't normal. But what your children and your grandchildren are watching, they'll think that what they're seeing is normal. And listen, it's not normal. It's not normal for a person who calls themselves a Christian to be contentious and always in a, a state of argument all the time. 
good morning, how are you doing? Why don't you mind your business? I, I'm just, I, I just ask how you were, you were doing. You want to get this thing started right off first thing this morning? Ding, ding, let's go. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. Church, it shouldn't. There's other problems with arguing. Because whether you realize it or not, you are destroying your marriage. You're doing it on your very own. Satan does not even have to interfere. He is just sitting back laughing at you because you are doing what he wants. You do it without him doing anything at all. Nothing. He's just sitting back laughing, saying, boy, I'm going to tell you what, I want you to look at him. You know, I, I often wonder, Rick, I often wonder how, how many times Jesus looks down at our families, looks down at, 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 at us as individuals, and he knows what he has given us, and he looks at us, and Brandy, he just shakes his head. He's just like, golly, wow. I mean, come on. You're, you're not getting it. And a lot of that comes from Satan looking at us and saying, my heavens, look at this. I hadn't even thrown the spoon in the middle of them to stir the pot and just look at them going at each other. I mean, all, all by themselves. This is great. This is wonderful. Demons, step back. Listen, I'm going to put y'all, I'm going to pull y'all back. I'm going to put y'all at another place. We don't need y'all here. Look at them. They're going at each other by themselves. You're destroying what God has given you all by yourselves, and you don't even see it. The sad truth is, I, I have counseled with people who've gone through this, and I've seen the contention, I've seen the arguments, I've seen the fussing, I've seen the fighting, and one of the people in the marriage will always say this. This is, this is, this is crazy. Y'all pay attention because y'all aren't married yet, all right? Pay, Brandon, pay attention, son. Take some notes. This is what one of them will say. I'm blindsided. I, I never saw it coming. This, this, is, this is crazy to me. Why, are, why, 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 why would my sweet darling do that to me? And this is what I want to do, Brooke, but I can't. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Because I saw how you dogged them all the time, riding them like a, like a, a, a camel in the desert. You never stopped. I can tell you why. It's, it's odd to me how people can't see what's going on in the circumstance, but, but afterwards, oh my gosh, I just can't believe that heart. I, they were the love of my life. Well, why don't you treat them like that now? Right, right now. There's a secular song that, 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 was, that was out a year or so ago. It says, I'm going to love you like I'm going to lose you. Maybe that's a good starting point. That we love the people we say we love like we're going to lose them tomorrow if we don't start acting different. That's a, good, that's a good starting point, isn't it? It really is. But there's another reason why we ought to stop the arguing. Because our children seeing it. Because we're, we're destroying our, thing, our, our marriages on our own. But there's another reason. Our, our, uh, other people hear you. And if you have enough control to keep your mouth shut, until you get into private, they still see the eye rolls and the facial expressions you make. The, the lost world does not need to see, the lost world does not need to see us at odds with one another. 
What they need to see is the love of God through our lives. They desperately need to see the love that God grants to us, the grace God gives to each of us, and the mercy we receive from God each and every day. Church, listen to me. Please listen to me. For the love of God, listen to me. There should be such a thing, there should not be such a thing as a contentious Christian. There should not be a thing, such a thing as a contentious Christian. Do you hear me? I don't think you heard me. There should not be such a thing as a contentious Christian. Okay, that's a little better. Y'all, when Amy and I, before, before we got in the ministry, <clears throat> we were young and our children, our children were young. And we, we had a lot of friends in, in our home church, but there was one particular couple that we'd, we'd go out with from time to time. And, and, and I, I, loved, I loved both of them separately. But when they were together, it was, it was, it was oh God, it was, it, and they were married, y'all. And this was, Jason, this is what happened. I'm, I'm, listen, I am not embellishing this story, Dan. I'm not embellishing this story because I'm giving this, I promise you I'm not. Maggie, this is the truth. I, I promise, look, look, I promise this is the truth. I have my hand on the Bible. We'd go out with this couple, and, and they would kind of, they would kind of bicker the whole time, just bicker. And it would start getting old. But this is what would happen. With one of them would get up to go to the bathroom, the other one would stay, and they'd look at us and say, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so tired of him. He, he just, he, he won't shut up. I mean, he tells me he's going to do this, and, and, and I'm, we're, we're just like, why? This, is, this is insane. Y'all don't, don't need to be saying this. Y'all don't. And then the other one would come back and say, oh, everything okay? What? And then at some point, the other one would go somewhere, and then, oh, listen. Did I tell y'all what she did this past week? She was supposed to go so-and-so, and she didn't go so-and-so. I, I, I start rolling the eyes, and, and I'm just like, God, you know, Amy and I'd get in the car, and I said, do you talk about me that way? And she said, you better not ever talk about me that way and let me find out about it. I said, no, nah, I won't. I'm, I'm, we're good. We, we're good. We're good. Church, it, it just doesn't. We ought not be contentious Christians. It, it ought not be. Which leads me to the next point. Church, we ought not argue all the time especially as husbands and wives because our marriages are a picture of Jesus' relationship with the church. Now some of y'all, listen, some of y'all from time to time, y'all say, Brother Kyle, you stepped on my toes this morning. I, I, that should have stepped on your toes. We ought not to argue all the time. And listen, I'm not just talking about marital relationships. I'm talking about Christian to the world. We ought not argue all the time because we as Christians are a picture of the marriage between Christ and the church. We are married to Jesus. And because of that, we ought not be contentious. We ought not to, to want to argue we ought not to run toward arguments, and we, de listen to me, we definitely ought not be the one who starts the arguments. Well, Brother Kyle, listen, you, you just, I, I don't start the arguments, but when, when he does so-and-so, I'm going to jump in, and I might not start the argument, but I'm going to finish it. <laughs> That's a great attitude. It really is. Is that the Christ-like attitude, though? No. 
No. No. Church, we not, ought not to argue all the time for another reason. Y'all ready? Because the Word of God is in us. We ought not to argue all the time because the Word... Listen, wake up. Wake up. We ought not to argue all the time because the Word of God is in us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and look, new things have come in. Now listen to me, church. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, then you ought to be filled with so much love that when opportunity comes for you to argue or be contentious with something or anything or anyone, it, it, it may try to come out of you, but the Holy Spirit of God whispers you, don't do it. Don't do it. Has that ever happened to you before? Boy, I'm, listen, they, they, they crossed the line. I'm getting ready to light you up, man. I'm going to light the fire. And the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You are only going to make things worse. Listen, just be quiet and pray. Brother, I can't be quiet. Yes, you can. Look, look, look. See, y'all are doing so good right now. Look, look at you. You're, you're doing so good right now. Do you know how many times I, I've had to do that very thing for almost 20 years in ministry? Now, there have been times when the Holy Spirit has said, you better defend me on this one. Step up and say what's right for the Lord. Say it right now. Say it in love. There's been times. But more often than not, the Holy Spirit said, shh. Just shh, be quiet. Church, I, I know that it's almost impossible to live our whole lives and not get into some form of verbal dispute at some point or another. But we should not be in a constant state of war with anyone. And we as Christians have got to be willing to show other people in our lives the same love, mercy, and grace that God shows to us each and every day. Each and every day. Now, I, listen, I, I know that if I would have preached this message in one of the churches that I, I used to minister to in times past, <clears throat> there'd be somebody who said, well, you have to overlook this person because that's just the way they are. That's just the way they are. You, you have to overlook them. There was a person in one of the churches I served in that they, they, I think the reason they came to church was to find, you know, find that one person they hadn't caused problems with in times past. Really. I mean, you'd walk past this person and you'd say, good morning. Steve, you'd say good morning to him. <laughs> I mean, really. They would not say good morning to you. They, they would grunt. <laughs> Bless be the ties that bind. I mean, really? Did you have a good week this week? Ah. Listen, listen to me. Y'all listen to me. Listen. Everybody looking at me? The church voted this person to be a deacon. And I had the pleasure of serving with them. And every time they would do something that was just, just batty, crazy, Somebody would say, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, it was cr just crazy what they do. This is what they'd say, Brandy. They'd say this. 
That's just the way God made them. That's just the way they are. And at one point, we were in a deacon's meeting. I said, guys, listen to me. If you think that's the way God makes people and tends for them to be and doesn't mold them and change them, you're just as crazy as he is. God doesn't save us to keep us the same. He saves us to change him, change us and mold us into his image, not our image. When he saves us, he takes us out and puts more of him in and less of us and more of him every day. Even if you were born that way, God's going to recognize it as a detriment to the gospel of Jesus Christ and he's going to get it out. Why is showing love, mercy, and grace so important? Brother Kyle, why is that so important? If we're not arguing and we're showing this love, mercy, and grace, why is it so important to show love, mercy, and grace? A, because we have no clue what people are going through in their homes. We don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what's going on. Do you know that there is most likely people looking at your house each day when they drive by? Listen to me. They look at your house each day when they drive by your house. And they say, I want a family just like that. Do you know that? That's why we need to display love, grace, and mercy every day to every person. Church, we should love and give mercy and grace to others because it is what we are told to do in Scripture. We're to love others the way we've been loved. Is that hard? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all come to Christmas next year with my, and my in-laws with me. It's tough at times, and that's recorded, and I don't care. <laughs> it, it really is. It's tough at times. But we should show love, mercy, and grace to people we encounter because, church, listen, lastly, because Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. What he has done for us and continues to do for us makes it all worth it, church. If you've been through any type of counseling with me or, or marriage counseling with me, you've heard me give reference to a book called A Hill Worth Dying On that I believe, I think it's Kim Hemphill who wrote that book. And the whole premise of the book is a, it's a battle. It's a, you know, it's a battle premise, Brother Frank. And, and, you know, military strategists will tell their troops, okay, take this hill or take this territory or take this position. And... The, the generals have to ask the question, is this piece of property, is this worth dying for? Is it worth it? And we as Christians, when we encounter the opportunity to argue, to engage, we need to quickly ask ourselves that question. Is this worth dying for? Because every time you engage in an argument, you, you don't bring life, you bring death. You bring death. Brother Kyle, this, this almost sounds pretty personal to you. I almost lost my wife because I couldn't keep my stupid mouth shut. Early on in our marriage, the first five years of marriage are the most, oh, they're the most important. The first ten are, are the, the, the staging point for the rest of your life. And there were times that I, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. 
I'd see her call her little minivan pulled in the driveway, and, I, and, and that, that was probably the most, most time that I prayed in my life, Lord God, please, please just, oh, Lord, my God, I, please just help her to keep quiet. When I should have just been quiet myself. Church, this year, will you commit to not being a confrontational, contentious Christian? Will you commit to being a, not being a contentious, confrontational Christian? Will you show others the love, the mercy, and grace that has been shown to you? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> Father, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins once again. We pray that your Holy Spirit would move throughout the congregation and you'd show us who we really are, who we need to be, who we ought to be, and what we could be if we would totally submit to you. God, thank you for loving us enough to tell us the truth through your word. Be with us now, and I pray that your spirit would move. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all, God, short, listen, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come? Do you need to come? Will you come?